Hi there, and welcome to the latest edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans, and where the content is absolutely free. It is a special preview edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Colin Armstrong. As I keep on saying to you guys, it's not just the pod that we have here at Jersnet. Uh, we've got the forums, there's articles on the website, Frankie's got his social media, there's a history archive on the website as well. So get yourself uh, onto the website if you can. If you like what we're doing here at Jersnet, uh, please give us a wee subscription or resubscribe on the YouTube channel, uh, put the word out there on social media, let people know what we're doing. Before I get onto the show, I'll have to highlight our partners at Zenith Coins. Uh, they're doing a limited edition of 1,872 uh, coin collections. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to celebrate Rangers' 150th anniversary by owning this limited edition historic coin collection. There are five iconic milestones in the collection, which are the Founding Fathers, Ibrook Stadium, the Cup Winners' Cup in 1972, nine in a row, and 55 league titles. They're being released in small batches throughout the year. Some are out, some are still to come. If you want more information on that, please visit www.zenithcoins.com. Uh, now to bring in my guest, uh, it's Alec Anderson, and I have to apologise as yet again, uh, I had some IT issues, so we're a little bit late, so Eck had to hang about as usual. Uh, but how, how are you, Eck? How are you feeling after last night, after that uh, tremendous result? Absolutely fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Let's 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 no kid people on that we were having technical issues. It was just you and me going, oh my God, how great is this? <laughs> <laughs> We, we, we did think we just we'd try and wind everybody up by uh, proceeding to talk only about Dundee at Dens Park on Sunday for the next forty minutes, but that'd be a bit cruel. We're going to be yeah. we're going to be talking about. Listen, I don't ask you for much, Colin, but I'm going to have to ask you, mate, as a personal favour, can you repeat again the start that I hadn't thought of? Absolute belter. You mentioned this at the end of our uh, immediate post-match reaction pod. We did it. So we bumped into David Fraser uh, from this parish. Is, is this, is this the one concerning our neighbours? As that one. Yeah, so one. We, we have been to the bottom tier of Scottish football. In 2012, you went to the bottom tier of Scottish football. Uh, the last team to get to a quarterfinal, the last Scottish team to get a quarterfinal in Europe was Rangers in 2008. In 2012, we were banished to the bottom tier of Scottish football. We've come all the way back up and reached a quarterfinal again in European competition. And in that time, Celtic have got nowhere near a... a, a uh, European quarterfinal. I saw a good start today on Twitter, actually. It was something like, uh, you know, knockout games won in Europe by a Scottish club, Rangers nine, the rest of Scottish football, nil. <laughs> and and, and that, that's a quality start. I know I know you like your Beatles and you're, t- you're, you're usually telling me that I need to get more into the Beatles, but I don't think that even Paul, Ringo, John, and whatever the other guys called, I don't think they could ever have done a better tune than that. And that's music to my ears, man. That's a beautiful, beautiful sounding uh, piece of information. Absolutely lovely. It's just it's just magnificent. And I think it was just a wee worry that because we're 3-0 up for the first leg, you know, these it's, it's still a really tough game over there. And there was a wee worry that we could look up. It would start getting bad, you know, an undeserved bad press if we didn't get through. Yeah. last night and it'd be like oh my god they can't get past the last 16 no, kind of, as if that's a problem for a Scottish team as if that's no like getting to the last yeah. 16 is what it's all about but to be sitting here and it's just we're in a quarter final we've moved on again in yeah. Europe it's, I, it's it's just magic mate isn't it it's just magic that's, that, that's, that's kind of it feels for me you know because we've got stuck at the same stage for the last couple of years for this team's progression and I think we all feel this team will get broken up at the end of the year aye 
you know, they they deserved this team. And, and you know, we'll, we'll come on and talk about the draw, but uh, another tough draw, but certainly kinder than, than what we could have got. Uh, and, and probably the best opportunity out of all the teams available to, to, to reach the semi-finals. Uh, so it would be fitting, you know, if this team got to a semi and then possibly maybe a final. But we'll, we'll come on and, uh, and and talk about that. But so on last night, Eck, uh, you know, a huge result. You know, I mean, I, I, it was quite disappointing for me to lose on the night. You know, I mean, I, especially especially that penalty. That was one of the poorest penalty awards I think I've ever seen. It's, it stood in the guy's toe. You know, it's just, it's just never, never a penalty in my book. But, no, you know. I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was a stone wall. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was a stone like, wall. Not just by today's, today's standards. Aye, Glenn Kamara I stood in his toe and then he goes. You know what I mean? If we're giving penalties for that, then the game's gone, I think. But anyway, that's, that's no, just I, 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 I don't, sorry, I, I know what you mean. No, no. This yeah. is, what we're talking about here is what we think penalties should should be given for is different for <laughs> what they are given for and yeah. um, but me I that's the kind of it's just like you know I'm what I'm talking about is I know what it's like these days I know how they're why they're given penalties so yeah. I thought I that's as soon as they did it I thought I that's going to be a penalty doesn't mean to say I agree with that being the rule yeah you know, the rule yeah but um, I you're right I was I was the same I, it's like what a beautiful position to be in for how we're feeling at the beginning of the, after 10 minutes to be thinking by injury time I'm actually pretty pissed off we've lost this game you know it was great it, it was great totally spoiled 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 bastards let's be honest it was great you know mute mate mute I mean in Europe we have been you know I was actually sitting I don't know if I've mentioned this in the show before or, or whether I was I was talking to my mate about it I can't remember but me and my son sat and went through all the teams that he'd seen in the last two or three years, and it's like, you know, pretty, a, a decent run of teams, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, and it, 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 I think we have to sort of emphasise that, you know, Rangers getting to this stage in, in, in European competition, you know, even the last 16, you know, you know, under Walter Smith and uh, Dick Advocat and Alex McLeish and various managers, you know, quarterfinals in the last 16 were, were, were not common. To get to the last 16, Three years in a row, and now to get the quarterfinals, I think it's only the third time since since I've followed the club they've reached that stage uh, in a European tournament. You know, it doesn't happen that often. And how consistent this team has been in Europe is is remarkable, really. They, they deserve a lot of praise for it. Aye, and, the, and the, I think the other thing is away from home. That's probably why without us really realising it last night, some of our best results have been. We just don't seem to get beat eh, on the road. And you're talking. That's a that's a great point about the the number of teams we've played. You, you think. And we keep. I've said this to you before. I said this to you in private before. We're becoming like the kind of Andy Robertson of European football. You know, every every time Andy Robertson you know scores another goal for Scotland or gets to another European final with Liverpool, it's like oh, he was. It's not that long ago he was playing in front of Nebdy for yeah. Queens Park at Hamden, and we are just we can't help saying to ourselves it's not that long. So every time we play a Porto or a Feyenoord or you know put out a Red Star Belgrade, it wasn't that long ago we were playing against Queens Park at Hamden in front of Nebdy, yeah. and you know it's. It, to be thinking we were playing in that, that kind of situation, like struggling to beat Cowden Beef in the Championship and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, we just seem to have accrued four years, four straight years now of top level European football. And I think well, there's been 22 teams, 22 different clubs have been champions of Europe, right? It's an elite, an elite bunch. And we've beaten, well, that's Red Stars, one of them last night. You know, uh, Dortmund, the, the, the previous round, Feyenoord, Porto. And maybe kind of beat Benfica and away goals. You know, that's I'm probably missing somebody. And there's another, yeah. there's another, there's another club that we didn't want to win the European Cup a long time ago, who have been scudding regularly and you know domestically last season. 
Um, so it's it's a kind of confirmation yet again of I we're, we're back. We never really went away, but we're now properly back. And then some. You know, we're adding yeah. to it. We're adding to the legend, and it's uh, as I say, I, just, I always say this, but as a support, we really deserve this. Yeah, I mean, even when you consider where this sort of run started from and against progress, progress Niedercorn, you know, that that shambles. You know, we've got back to the the top flight and there's a sort of sense that things are, you know, going back to normal a wee bit. And then you suffer an absolute disastrous result like that in Europe. If you'd have said to me that night, the night we got put out against progress, that by the way, for the next four years, uh, you'll, you'll qualify for the group stages, you'll reach the last 16 three times, and you'll also reach the quarterfinals with a half decent chance of getting to the semi-finals. I'd have chased you, you know what I mean? So it's it is, it's 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 a remarkable run in Europe. It's just a shame that we've not really matched it domestically in terms of the number of the trophies that we, we probably should have got. Yeah. But they've been great nights. I don't think anybody could could deny us that you know this has been a great run, some great nights, and it's still going on. I mean, I, I like to think that you put in Twitter the other day there saying no matter what happens. Rangers have only got two more European games at home this season. You're just, and that's what that's when you know you're in the latter stages. You know, you're just like, well, you know, we're coming to the end. Uh, we're either seeing this out to the final, or you know, we're, we're going out in, in the quarter of the semi-final. So it's, it's brilliant. But squeaky bum time last night. You know, I thought we started quite well, but didn't they defend that corner too well? And all of a sudden, we're one nothing down after like nine ten minutes, and you're like, oh, that's that's not what we wanted. No, I'm saying to Ross in the preview pod on uh, Wednesday night. I don't, I don't know if Red Star will be that. You know, the fans will be that up for it. Maybe they think it's all by three nothing after the first leg, and the, the ground will only be half half full. You know, my telly was practically bouncing with the noise yeah. at kickoff. You could, we could feel the atmosphere just sitting watching the telly. What the hell must it be like for the players? And that's, in that in that respect, I was really proud of them. The first five, you know, up to maybe eight nine minutes, you're thinking, I well, it's no tidy. But we're, we're getting into their half. We're, we're trying to take the game to them. But we look a bit shaky, but we seem to be containing this. And then another thing I said to Ross on Wednesday night uh, was they're terrible at set pieces, by the way. They, see, they make corners. No, they, they don't mark. They don't man mark at corners. They just did, so if we just did that wee short corner thing we did for our second goal at home against Red Star, you know, and then we get a wee, get, get you an angle in and that's, we'll be absolutely fine for a wee set yeah. piece. And they've done exactly that. Yeah, you were absolutely terrible. You stood there and watched it, and you thought, "Oh, here we go." It, it, it was a lack of centre halves. That was a concern. It seemed to me that it was like the only one in that six yard box was Alfredo Morelos. But um, when I watched the replay, that I don't know if it was how uh, Red Star had set up for the corner, but all our sort of bigger players seem to be the sort of penalty spot onwards. Um, in that area, I mean, it does seem to be a, a ploy that, that Gio's using, you know, corner kicks. Van Bronckhorst seems to be sitting at that. And he does win his fair share, to be fair to him. Mm. Uh, but he's completely misjudged this. I don't think Glenn Kamara's covered himself in glory either. Rather than attacking the ball, he's sort of come back the way. And yeah, squeaky bum time at that point. But, you know, we, I, I thought we recovered well. And I think we have to mention Alan McGregor again. You know, he has taken a fair bit of stick on, on this show as well. You know, I think we've all... As long as it's constructive, I always think it's fair. Uh, he has, you know, let us down at times this season. He hasn't had the best of seasons by his, his usual standards, but a, a couple of top-notch saves last night to keep us in it when it was one nothing. And you, you, I felt if they got two before half time, it could have become really interesting. And he's came up with two or three really good saves to stop that happening. 
Yeah, they're all they're all totally vital. And uh, something something I've been saying a lot the last the last couple of games is when we were criticising Alan, you had to drag the criticism out of us because we love the guy. You know, it's no as you're saying, it's constructive, and I think it's it's said we love as well. You know, because we we know how much of a legend uh, Alan McGregor is. He's done so much for us. It actually hurts to have to say think he's at fault for this, that, or the other. But I think he saves last night actually became, I mean, we're always maintaining it was a great shot stopper and that's what we're going to need, you know, um, against against this 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 mob who like to hit them as well. But I, th- I maintain that he's as brilliant, maybe, maybe three or four really vital saves. They seem to maybe get less vital as the game went on, particularly after we scored and it just became, the pattern became, no, we're not going to, well, he's part of that. He's, he's the reason, he's, one of the main reasons we're not getting, we're, we're, no, we're, we're looking less and less likely to actually lose the tie. But I think the save he makes straight after we lose the first goal, that's got to be the most important one of the night. Um, probably, arguably the best one as well, you know. Um, but I think it's at that point, if you lose a quick second, because in that kind of atmosphere, you know, and this is what we were all dreading. You knew we knew we were going to have to get through it. You don't just walk into a quarterfinal, especially if you're your Rangers kind of money level of yeah. level of money in Europe these days. You don't walk into a UEFA quarterfinal without going through some sort of squeaky bum time. We did the same with, with Dortmund uh, at Ibrox for a while. It looked like they were going to pull it back. Um, but I think if they put a quick second in, you know, we were in real trouble yeah. last night. You know, it could have been a quick third after that, maybe a fourth. You really didn't know what was going to happen. You could feel the atmosphere. You could see the players when they settled. I think as much as anything else, that the goal we've lost, it was just whoever was nearest the ball was going to get the blame because nobody knew what they were doing. Just everybody stopped. Maybe even that's one of the ones Alan McGregor should be coming out and trying to catch. It was kind of yeah, right in the six-yard line, you know. But it was yeah. like, there seems to be six Rangers players there who are all totally surprised. There's a guy right in the middle of them wearing a red and white striped shirt who's just taking the body and stroking it at him at his leisure. Yeah. He looked a bit stuck, you know, kind of uh, rabbits caught in the headlights. So for, for Alan McGregor then, about a minute later, to pull off that save, I think that's the slow turn. Didn't feel like it at the time. I was nervous right into the second half. But I think that was a slow turn looking back on it. It started there when he made that save. We, we, we managed to keep ourselves in the game. And then no, he's dived to the left. He's dived to the right. And uh, we all know what he does. Had a, we had a great night. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what he does. Uh, on our equaliser, I mean, I think I, I, I've said recently on the show that, you know, as, as, as well as Ryan Kent has been playing, and he has been playing well, I, I think especially against Dortmund over there, I mean, he was he was almost unplayable. His numbers haven't been fantastic. I think in the league he's got like two goals, eh, five assists, something like that. So I, I, I was sort of saying a couple of weeks ago that, you know, he needs to turn his, his good form into numbers, you know, and have a, a sort of positive impact eh, on the team. And he done that last night. I mean, it, it, it he stripped away from that guy so quickly that the, the guy's hammy pinged. You know, you see them sort of pulling up as if not. I kind of keep up with him. Uh, all right, he's, he's got the deflection, but, you know, it's his goal. It's on target. And felt then that was it. You know, I, I, I felt we would score over there and we did. And, and scoring when we did, I just, I just think that pretty much killed the game at that point. And, uh, and you know, we're thinking uh, we're in the quarterfinals. I mean, that was the, I, I did. I think I just basically, I kind of relaxed uh, at that moment. No, once I pulled myself off the ceiling, I kind of relaxed because I, I just don't think I could take any more attention. And we still, I think we still had a few, you know, um, Griggs has made a couple of um, really vital saves after that. Again, you know, they would have let them, they would have let them in uh, quite quickly, maybe start a bit of, a bit of momentum again um, for them. But no, that was, that was, you look back on it, that was it. That, that, that was the moment. And it was such a relief. I think we all knew if we just get one goal, it's going to, 
it's going to turn this. I was pretty relieved we'd got to half time, still one nothing down. It wasn't a classic pounding like we're maybe like Werder Bremen away in two thousand eight. It wasn't like it was more a case of we were getting plenty of the ball in their half and we were getting you know, we were getting attacks, but Alfie was pulling at stuff, you know, snatching at stuff. We weren't passing the ball really. We weren't we weren't doing anything. We just looked as if we were a bit a bit scared for want of a better phrase. We're a bit we weren't really handling the atmosphere too well. But we weren't giving up either. And it was just if we could just get that wee moment going, a wee bit of pressure, that would maybe that would that would make all the difference. And it's the build up the, the build up to the goal itself is absolutely lovely. It's actually a really well constructed goal. But see, just about about two minutes before that, we had a wee bit of play, just going on the right hand side in our own half. I think it's you know Joe Aribo, Ryan Jack, Glenn Kamara get a wee, a wee bit of passing going. Maybe Tav's involved. I'm not quite sure who. But I remember thinking this is the first actual kind of football type move a Rangers they would recognise of this Rangers team that we'd actually managed to put together in the whole game. And it's funny how two minutes later. We get a, a move on the other side, and and uh, uh, Jack's away. Uh, sorry, Ryan Kent's away, and 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 it goes. It's almost like I said. I said this last season as well. Same thing at Benfica. We played Benfica in the, uh, the Stadium of Light, although there was no crowd there because of COVID. They scored against us straight away, and we were a bit under pressure. And Ryan Jack basically went and took the ball in his own goal line. You know, just to just to get a wee him and Steve Davis got a wee passing move going. And that kind of two minutes later, we're walking the ball into their net. It's almost like we just needed to get that wee moment of confidence, that wee moment of holding the ball and remembering how to, how to pass. And um, I rank it. I mean, he's maybe going for, I think he's going for the faraway corner. He's got to try and put it in the faraway corner. It might have been going in anyway. You know, and for me, you know, you, you'll be thinking the same yourself, mate. What's he trying to do? He's trying to score. Does it end up in the net? It's, it's Ryan Kent's goal, you know. And it was, it was, it was absolutely lovely. And... I think that's him. He had a perfectly good goal disallowed against Dortmund uh, at Ibrox. And then he scored last night in the goal that puts us through. Um, and it's a deflection. I think by the time we get to the final, he'll be hitting a hat trick, you know, against second track Frankfurt or Barcelona, whoever it is, mate. It's, 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 in, the, it's in the stars. You know? <laughs> yeah, mute again, mate. You're on. You're I want West, yeah, I want West Ham in the final. Because they, they annoyed me last night. Honestly, that was. You, you can't you can't claim you can't claim to be the self sort of proclaimed best league and most uh, cash rich league in the world, and then play the plucky underdogs because you you know oh we we'll beat Seville it's like, your squad's worth over three hundred million you know what I mean there's nothing that, that, you, that to me that was I mean you, you would maybe ex- expected Seville to go through that given the experience that they've got in the tournament but. That wasn't a Rangers Dortmund with them last night, and that's how they were treating it, in my opinion. And Are you uh, trying to say there's, there's a club with a 60,000 capacity all-seater stadium where, uh, who has employed David Moyes, who makes themselves out to be, you know, a wee underdog that you don't you don't quite like? I think I, I, think I know where you're coming from. So anyway, the draw today, Ek, Braga. Uh, now, we've played them before a couple of years ago. Uh, and we got through 4-2 in aggregate, I think, if memory serves me right. But we're turning on down at Ibrox, 1-3-2, Hadji's couple of goals, that Joe Aribo moment. I think this team's progressed since then. I think we're a better team. Uh, so you would have to say, we've, 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 I mean, obviously not in set in stone, but, you know, it's probably the best draw we could have had. And if we do, if we are successful against Braga, it's, it's Leipzig or Atalanta in the final. Now, I think, memory serves me right, did we not get Lisbon in the quarters in 2008. So the shot behind you, yep. 
Yeah, Portuguese team. And we got Fiorentina in the semi. So if we get win. Atalanta, it's the same, it's the same run, isn't it? It is, it is, you know, and uh, the Russians, the Russians have been banned for this one. So I uh, it's it's the omens are uh, coming through there. And the, the other thing is it's not just the omens, it's just sheer hard facts that you know we've beaten this team before, home and away. We're probably better, as you say, than we were. You know, Braga, I'm talking about, but we beat them home and away. Yeah. Uh, the last time we played them, we've probably improved since then. And in a lot of ways, I don't like that. I, I actually, yeah. I, I want us to savour, I really want us to savour the quarterfinal. You know, the fact that we're in a quarterfinal, I've got that kind of, my attitude is very much, um, like when things could go wrong, I want them to go wrong in the best way possible, if you know what I mean. That's why I was wanting like Barcelona. I like, I personally, I most wanted Eintracht Frankfurt. I've got a wee kind of thing, you know, about European finalists. I've never seen Eintracht before. And, you know, we've got a romantic association with Eintracht and blah, blah, blah. But, and I think they're beatable as well. But, and, and we were the one for that absolute humping that they gave us. Well, when I say romantic association, I don't, we, we kept inviting <laughs> them back for friendlies after that. But it's like, you know, it's the record doing any European right. semi final for anybody. So we do, I, we seriously owe them, mate. Um, but I, I I think Barcelona would be the one for me that would just let everybody go, right, think no further. We're playing Barcelona. That's amazing. You know, whereas this is the opposite. We just have enjoyed the fact we're in a quarterfinal against Barca and we'd keep saying the word quarterfinal to us. keep using that phrase and that would that would get the, the club and the team the praise they deserve. But whereas now, that's just opened right up. We're just thinking, Braga. They're not even doing I mean, they're, what are they, fourth? Um, the fourth? I think I don't know, sixth. I, I, I'm sure they wouldn't have Atalanta. Oh, is it Atalanta? That's sixth. I, right, I think okay. they're sixth. See, you're away already. You're in the, the semi final already. I'm in the semi final already. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the most dangerous thing. You yeah, can I know. No, do. I know. We need, no. we need to stop that. But but no, that's it. Listen, it's, it's doable. It's so doable, you know. Um, and I just, the fact that the guy, uh, which is, I've got it written down something, Abel Ruiz, Spanish player, he scored their, their goal last night in Monaco. You know, they were, they were 2 nothing up. He scored in that, uh, the home leg last week against Monaco. Um, they scored after 20 minutes last night, and that was them kind of through, basically. Monaco eventually equalised, but it was a, it was a comfortable progression for them, uh, for Braga. His debut was that night at Ibrox, you know, two years ago. Um, yeah. that's, and he scored. You know, he's a guy that put them 2 nothing up, and that's what sent Cinti uh, Ross and Wednesday night. I just remember at that point sitting thinking, well, this is OK, because they're, they're a good club. Braga, they're obviously a cracking team. It's no disgrace to go out to them. I'm quite happy with that at this stage. You know, when Rangers coming back, uh, just generally as a club, but just us coming back, this is this is this is no disgrace. And then we go and beat them on the night, and then we beat them. We kind of blast them over there as well. Yeah. So all the way about this time, you know, we go away first. You know, but it's really it's really finely poised, uh, Colin. It's 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 really finely poised in terms of we really could be going through here. It's yeah. And, you know, I didn't even like I didn't even like the fact that. Red Star Belgrade on paper were so like us and so possibly beatable because I just wanted, you know, again, I don't like that the pressure's on Rangers to go through because we are still coming back from uh, the traumas of 2012. I just want the praise on us all the time for getting that far. But it's the same again and we've got to enjoy it. Yeah, but I, th- I think even taking two, if you take 2012 out of the equation completely, you look at the turnovers of the respective clubs that are left in, in, in that in that competition. And I think Rangers and Braga are the two. We are just by being in the quarterfinals, we're overachieving, you know, and and that Dortmund tie was supposed to eliminate us. You know, that's, that's, that's what that's all about to get rid of the sort of, 
the clubs that they don't think are going to win it early. So the, 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 the most glamorous clubs are still left in the tournament. No one expected us to beat Dortmund. When we beat Dortmund, we were, we were overachieving. To get to the quarterfinals is probably seriously overachieving. If we get to the semis, then you're, you know, you're way above what your expectations were this season. Uh, but you're right, it's finally poised. They're, they're, they're certainly beatable, but we, I don't think we should be treating them with uh, contempt in any way. It will be a tough game, and there's certainly no guarantee that we'll get to the final. But there's every chance that we could in yeah, semi-final. You know, I, I don't even want to think about it because it, it yeah, just gets me... I know. It just gets me too excited. Uh, right, uh, moving on, before we talk about the game tomorrow, uh, just I thought we'd quickly discuss the sort of the, the, the friendly, you know, there's, there's sort of rumours kicking about that uh, Rangers are about to pull out of that. I, I would think that's the right thing to do. Yeah, I, I think the club have got this completely wrong. I think they've totally misjudged the mood of the supporters. How they could have thought that the support would have reacted well to that considering, I mean, even if you take the last 10 years out of the equation, I still think there's an element to the rivalry that supporters wouldn't be happy. But given 2012 and everything that's followed since then, and just, you know, the fact that you know, they, they can't even say our name, you know, when we turn up at Celtic Park, it's the opposition today is McGregor, Tavernier, blah, blah, blah. You know, they, 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 everything about them were not... We're not half of anything, not part of the old firm. You know, just the general con- contempt that comes from them with, with regards to us. I'm amazed that uh, Rangers got any bed with them. And I think it would be wise. If, if, if this rumoured uh, sort of withdrawal is true, I think it's the right decision. Absolutely. Uh, the right decision maybe maybe a bit too late. Um, but it's it's better late than never. Uh, Colin, I, it's one of the things I don't um, come on come on a podcast, a Rangers podcast. I'm saying I don't like talking about it. You know, I don't like talking about not liking Celtic, but um, it's one of the things I'm. I, I think it's actually a separate issue. You know, the, the, the rivalry between the fans, the rivalry between the fans. That's something we can talk about. You know, uh, to the cows come home. We can. Um, as somebody who's seen violence and various things in his own life, um, that have nothing to do with football. <laughs> Um, I've never been any great rush to hate anybody or get involved in any kind of. Um, I, I just love Rangers. And it's all about the love for me, and I really need. I need to. I know we got a lot, a lot of problems with, with Celtic fans on Twitter and what have you. A lot of problems with Rangers fans on Twitter. We can make each other's lives a real misery as well. I like to, but I genuinely would like to make it clear that my problem here is with Celtic, the football club, the, the, the way they've been run since basically Peter Lowell arrived at the club. When this was first mooted, um, Ross and I were on the pod, doing a preview pod, um, the the day the rumour broke. Mm-hmm. Um, and we now know that that was basically the whole point. That was the real game here, you know, was to, the only reason Celtic wanted to get in bed with Rangers was to use us as obfuscation, uh, to, to, to distract from the, the news about a, a class action, you know, uh, against, against their club. Um, quite an ironic phrase when you consider how totally unclassy uh, their actions have been in, in, in that respect as a club. And I think, listen, the guys at Rangers, you know, a lot of them won't be real Rangers people. Um, I, I don't mean that in a, a detrimental way. They're working for the clubs. They are real Rangers people. I just mean they've already been born and bred, you know, in the Rangers traditions. And their 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 jobs is to make money for Rangers. You know, oh, I'll keep going, mate. Don't worry. I can I can I can talk until you know the Sunday night's main show. Don't worry about that. Um, but I, their their main their main job is to make money for Rangers. So I, I don't have any, you know, I'm not going to get into you know uh, kind of witch hunting any of the Rangers board for for trying to do that, um, particularly numbers involved. But I would just say that 
when they see what happened with that with that news, with that with that arrangement of that friendly, when they see how that was used um, and when it was used uh, by Celtic, I think that they know they've had their fingers seriously burnt and they've, they've obviously learnt their lesson. Um, and they just shouldn't get involved with them again. Again, it's the club. I'm I'm not talking about the Celtic fans here. I'm not even talking about Celtic players. Um, I'm talking about. I'm not even talking about Celtic as a as, as a club through the ages. I'm just talking about this particular regime, um, or the way the way they've been run um, for for this you know, since the turn of the, the turn of the millennium. Really, um, the things they've done to us, the the way they've had the football stopped you know, on several occasions, the way they've the, the season curtailed yeah. you know two years ago, um, and then we're having to hear them talking about they wanted you know the, the only reason they were moving the fixture schedule uh, this season, the only reason they were part of that is because they were, they were all about the fans and it was all about getting the lifeblood of the game through the gates and all that. Was it hell? It was about making sure they could rest their squad and get new players in and be ready yeah. and, and to knock us out of our system again. Um, another parallel with 2008, there was Alan there was Alan Hutton last night on BT Sport and it reminded me of, you know, <laughs> when he didn't get to play an old firm game because he got moved. Um, you, we, we shouldn't be involved with them um, in anything other than uh, what we're contractually obliged to be involved with them um, in, a, in, in terms of the league and the domestic uh, competitions. And I don't mean that against Celtic fans Obviously, we've got our problems with Celtic fans. A lot of them don't, you know, that maybe kind of resolve. But it's a, it's just this Celtic regime, the way the way it's running, the way they operate, their attitude towards us. Um, you should not be getting involved with them in any any way, any more than you you have to. Um, and I hope everybody at Rangers and the Rangers board now has has learned that lesson. Not everybody, not everybody's response. Just the people that arrange this, you know. But I just, I, well, I just hope it's. I hope we are pulling out. It's still no confirmed yet. You know, I just, I just hope we are pulling out. I, I, I was speaking to John McCallum about this. I, I agree with you. I, I think the turning point was when they became a PLC. I think how they started to operate from from that point on was was very different and a bit more aggressive. Was maybe the right tone. And Law certainly fits that bill. You know, since he's come in, there's been a right sort of snidey element to him. And, and why Rangers got involved? I, I just it's a dangerous. Part. Colin, I'm just, I'm just saying one more thing, mate. Sorry, I don't want to go on about this too much, but I, I, I'll just say one more thing. I remember as a kid um, reading, it was serialising the Daily Record of the Sunday Mail or something, it was Bobby Lennox's uh, autobiography. And I remember reading him saying, I've been called every sort of you know sectarian, anti-Catholic yeah. epithet under the sun throughout my playing career, but never once by a Rangers player. You know, there was a total, not just an actual respect, you know, between the two, you know, uh, between the two sets of players anyway. Um, but there was a tacit agreement between the two clubs that the potential for explosiveness, the potential for violence and the toxicity that existed between the fans was something that they were exploiting enough just by getting us through the gates. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't go any further. So you go back to the 50s, Celtic had the, um, there was a, a massive controversy that people won't know about now. It's in a, um, a great book. Um, the, Celtic the, flag. The, flag, the flag thing, yeah. yeah and who were, the two, who were the two clubs that supported Celtic against the SFA? Flying the trickle above the jungle, Hibs right. and Rangers. Rangers, Rangers, yeah, you know, it's, and it and it's it's just going completely opposite. Way, mate. They're stoking it up, you know, they're, they're stoking it up to distract from one field stuff. We've had where guys that did that, you know, Charles Green, what have you, was quoting anti Protestant sectarianism as being the reason we were, you know, weren't they getting in the back of the top flight and stuff like that? We've had bangers who've, who've tried that kind of tact as well, but they haven't lasted long at the club. Um, but it seems to be actual policy at Celtic now. You know, to, yeah. to, to try and stoke that stuff up, and uh, some of the characters they've had, Neil Lennon and Martin O'Neill, I think have been as victims of it as much as they've used it as well, you know, to dangerous levels. Um, and it's just, 
it's a terrible policy. It's a dangerous policy, and uh, we really need to, to distance ourselves from them as much as we can. Absolutely. Uh, on to the game on Sunday. Uh, back up to Dundee. Uh, we were there last week in Scottish Cup ah. business. Back up the road. Uh, no, there was no sort of press conference today. I couldn't find any. So there's no squad update. Geo did give an interview, but it wasn't uh, like an official presser. So no update on the squad. Obviously, a wee bit of concern about Alfredo Morelos who went off injured last night. But I, I think he was okay. I, I think it was maybe more tactical than anything else. Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking, as he did last week, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you might see players who haven't had a huge amount of game time uh, on Sunday. Uh, I think, you know, Ruth, obviously, a possibility. I think we might see Ramsey again, Holanda. Uh, definitely an opportunity to, to give uh, get some legs and minutes and legs, sorry, some of the, the fringe players at the moment. Absolutely, and I think last Sunday was really encouraging, Colin, and that they earned it, you know, they, they showed that they were, they were up to it, they, a lot of the fringe players, you know, if it's Sakala scoring the goal, Aaron Ramsey, I thought had a, had a great game for a guy at his level of fitness just now, obviously I thought he was, he was really influential, really enjoyed himself, I enjoyed watching him. Um, Big Sands was really solid. I quite, quite enjoyed watching. I was quite, yeah, he uh, played well, didn't he? Played I quite well. encouraged by him today. I, I don't know, I've not seen any official, but I saw something on Twitter saying that he's been called up for the, the international squad. Was that right? US I, I, I saw somebody mention it on Twitter. I've not seen any official. I don't, so if, if I'm wrong there, don't, don't quote me on it. But I'm I don't sure want to be that some... good. So he was he was rubbish. Every if anybody's watching the states, he was garbage last Sunday. I just don't like him. Did well. So go ahead. No, on you go. No, I just mean we did well last uh, Sunday, and it's look, it's going to be different. It's uh, there's going to be a few more than D fans there. I would imagine than there was last Sunday. Uh, well, uh, it, you know, I mean, is it a strike? Is it a strike? Or is, I just assumed it was a season ticket thing, but the Scottish well, Cup game was doing the season tickets, and they couldn't be bought. My mate was telling me one of his pals is a, he's a Dundee fan and I think it's the Mark McGee thing. I think is it's it very up? much aimed at, at Mark McGee. Now, don't get me Why? wrong, there, there, there maybe was an element of, as you say, season tickets don't cover Scottish Cup games. But I do think if Mark McGee wasn't there, more would have turned up. Uh, well, come on and speak about Mark McGee because uh, it, was, it was an interesting uh, appointment. Uh, but, I mean... Another thing about this, and this thing always gives me the fear, especially when they announce it so formally. You know, Rangers announced today that we'll be wearing the white kit that we, we didn't wear against Aberdeen. They announced that they were going to wear it against Aberdeen. There was a wee rumour that, that that spooked some of the players, given the the kit that we wore last season against St Mirren, the one-off kit, and we lost that game. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But one thing that is true is they, they played in blue that day. They came out in blue. So it's been announced that they're wearing it tomorrow. Eh, sorry, on Sunday. That gives me a wee bit of fear, I must admit. Eh, but, you know, given Celtic are, are, are playing tomorrow, you know, it's the final round, round of fixtures before, excuse me, the international break. You know, you'd, you'd, you would imagine, Ross County are in a decent run of form at the moment, but you'd imagine Celtic would be in at, at Celtic Park tomorrow. So the, the likelihood we're going into this game on Sunday six points behind Celtic, you know, it's crucial, you know, that we secure the three points. It's crucial that we get the victory. Job done, back down the road. Aye, only, the only thing I'm worried about is, is the fact that um, I think especially when you go somewhere and you win quite easily, then you're back there so quickly. You've always got that kind of superstitious type fear that it'll not be that easy this time, you know. But I think we'll, we'll be changing enough within the squad um, and enough guys coming in who will be something to prove. Um, yeah. After the kind of the first team did the business uh, last night, 
um, that, that we should be okay. You would hope we're okay. Um, I think the kind of main players, you know, I don't obviously we're not going to be putting out a kind of um, a reserve eleven. There's going to be a lot of last night's team involved. Um, it's a bit different because we're playing at home last Thursday against against Red Star, you know, and then we've got a kind of four o'clock kickoff last Sunday. Whereas now yeah. it's you know noon kickoff, you know, after coming back for after coming back for Belgrade, you yeah. know, and the strip. We just we just managed to turn the lilac strip lucky last Sunday. Yeah, that's gone. That's that's has gone for another one. You know, yeah, I think I know. It, it looks lovely. It looks really nice. You know, you know it, something. You, you mentioned this uh, at the Aberdeen game when we done the, the post match pod at the Aberdeen game. We were talking before we, we recorded the show, and it was I never had the white top on, and you'd said you'd watched them warming up. And you saw the black and red socks, Whoa. and you were like, "Oh, this will be lovely." The white top, the white shorts, and the black and red shot. And I thought that would be a good look. So I don't think they will wear the black and red socks because I'm sure Dundee socks are kind of dark, and they always try and wear it. But that would be a look. When it white, white top, sponge. white, white, white shorts, and red and black socks. Oh, Pro- proper Victorian, lovely. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> aye, that would, it would be a good look. But I think it will be. I think it will be all white. And and I have got a wee bit of the fear about wearing this kit because just just wear it don't announce that you're wearing it you know what I mean don't make a big Aye. you know oh we're wearing this kit because I always feel when you do that you, you make an arse of it and fingers crossed we don't uh, looking at the, the, the bookies today and, and sort of Dundee's form uh, uh, you know Dundee are 10 to 1 which I think is actually quite generous given where they are uh, Rangers are 1 to 4 draw 17 to 4 Dundee are sitting bottom of the league uh, they've won 5 uh, of the 30 games this season they've drawn 8 and lost 17 uh, their win ratio is 16.7% uh, they've scored 24 goals all season uh, which creates a, a, a conversion rate of, of 11% I think they've had something like 208 shots on goal and they've scored 24 of them uh, obviously recently sacked James McPaik replaced him with Mark McGee I mean I, I don't know how you feel about Dundee I felt when they came up, you know, uh, last season, at the start of the season when they had Commons and all the rest of it, and obviously Lee Griffiths went over there as well, Charlie Adams there. I, I kind of looked at Dundee and thought, well, I'm, I'm not thinking top six, but, you know, I certainly think they've got the potential to stay up here. And it's just it's just not happened for them at all. It's been a really, really poor campaign, I think. And whatever provoked the, the, the sort of managerial change that it's no worked. I, mean, I think we all know why Matt McGee got the job and it's because he's wee ginger pals sort of in a high position at Dundee but it's no worked, you know and, I, and I, 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 I've got to be honest with you if I was supporting a club which was in bottom place displaying the type of form that I've just sort of rhymed off there if they appointed Matt McGee I'd really <laughs> I'm just like that sounds what we're doing anyway you know I mean I, I just found it a really un- uninspiring uh, appointment I think I think the icing and the cake for that or maybe the, the, the kind of clown nose on the clown was he can't get into the, the bench yeah I mean you're, you're bringing in a guy when you, you're basically trying to save your season and the, was, it, was it six games he can't he can't sit in the, you know it's unbelievable and is that no link to the mind he got sent off at Pataudry when he was a Motherwell manager? There's that famous video of him. Oh, aye, 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 aye. <laughs> he gets sent to the stand and the Aberdeen fans are following him. And like you think about what he'd done with Aberdeen. I mean, he was a brilliant player with Aberdeen. You know, he was part of that team that won the European Cup winners' cup, all that kind of thing. You would think he was a bit of a legend up there. 
they're all wrapping the piss out of me. They're all like, you're a dick, by the way. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he's shouting at the guy with the camera and all that kind of thing. He's just, he's just such an uninspiring sort of guy. I think I think. When he lost, was it 9-0? Aberdeen yeah. lost to Celtic. Yeah. Head. You know, we know, we, yeah. we know they, they, Aberdeen don't try quite as hard against Celtic maybe as they did against us, but that was really taking, that was taking it to a whole new level. So, um, I think he scored the he scored the first Scotland goal I ever saw scored against England, Mark McGee, nineteen eighty four. I remember uh, that. Aye, 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 aye. Finish one each, didn't it? Aye, one each. That's it. Tony Woodcock and Keith for England. Yeah. Uh, I was doing it Wembley in eighty three. That was my first Scotland England game. Actually, my dad took me doing it at Wembley. Um, we could beat two nothing, but the following year, big Mark McGee scores. Um, and I remember him making his debut, well, second debut. No, he came back to Celtic from Hamburg. Yeah. And his debut was at Ibrox, and we beat him three nothing. That was great. Um, and I think it's November 85-ish but uh, I don't know why they've appointed him there's this whole thing you've got to kind of stay in the loop as a football manager and they're getting younger and younger and he seems to go against that yeah. um, for the start um, listen it's, McPake wasn't doing great but he was kind of, I don't think he was doing as badly um, as as the sacking of him would lead you to believe he was doing I think it was I think it was retrievable not uh, getting out the relegation area, you know, I think Aberdeen are like nine points in front of them in, in third bottom, um, but they could definitely catch St Johnston. Uh, they're only a point, they're still only a point behind St Johnston, I think. Um, the D in bottom and St Johnston in the, in the relegation playoff spot. But I, the, the problem with all this is, Colin, we're just setting ourselves up here. You know, there is, it's like there is no excuses, not only yeah. for no beating Dundee, but for 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 no tanking them. Um, and teams like this tend to have one big performance in them, one big kind of sickener for somebody um, every season. And I just we have to make sure it's not us, and we have to use last Sunday as encouragement because we spent a lot of last Sunday being frustrated at the lack of goals that we're scoring. You know, we've only finished more yeah. chances, so I think we've still got that in the bag. You know, um, we didn't we didn't leave it all out in the park last Sunday. So hopefully we could just go back up there and, and look at maybe uh, taking more of the chances that we create, maybe being a bit more clinical. See, to be honest with you, I actually have a funny feeling we're going to come out with another 3-0 win. Done differently, but I think it would maybe be 3-0 again. I would take that. I really would. It's, it's just about, I mean, really enjoying what we're doing in Europe. You know, absolutely loving that. But, you know, we, we also need to make sure that we're taking care of the bread and butter. And I just think because it's the last fixture before the... The international break, aye, and the fact that Celtic are playing before us, which is you know something we're going to have for at least another round of the Europa League, and it could go on again, you know, to the, if, if we do reach the semi final, you know, and that is something you know they if they get the three points on the Saturday, you're playing catch up on the Sunday. I just think it's vital that we win, we win well. Everybody goes away and does their uh, their international stuff, and then we come back refreshed and ready to go for the you know for the, the Rangers Celtic game on the fourth April. I, I think I, I think that's another aspect to it, Colin. We're talking we're talking about Braga um, being you know tempting us into thinking that they're so durable that we're almost in the semi final. When you look at how much beating Dortmund, or the two games against Dortmund took out was we dropped points, we drew both the following league games. You know. Red Star at Ibrox. I know it's at Ibrox, and we just we've got another game in Scotland. Uh, the, the following game, um, it's going to be more difficult having come back for Belgrade this time. But we go and we beat Dundee three nothing. You know, we didn't put as much into the, the Red Star game at Ibrox. You know, we didn't didn't have to almost. We put a lot into it. It's a hell of a performance. You know, but they had a lot yeah. a lot of the ball too. I think Braga also might not. This just sounds really off the charts, but it might be we might be able to beat Braga maybe narrowly. You know. <laughs> And then still have a lot, enough left in the tank. In the if we had yeah. to play Barcelona, if we had to play, I think even RB Leipzig, you know, um, there's a couple of teams in there that would have drained us just to keep the score respectable in in, in this uh, quarterfinal of Europe. 
and we would, I think we would then be dropping points guaranteed in the in the following league games or, or losing a cup semi-final. This yeah. time, I think Braga gives us a chance to, to keep going on all three fronts, you know. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, I don't think we should forget that, you know, as, as much as Dundee are struggling now and, you know, they're bottom of the league, they did give us a wee fright early on in the season. You know, that, oh, was, Christ, a, that, was, a, that was a nervy game. Uh, so, yeah. Three points, Rangers, if you can, uh, down the road, and then we can all breathe a, a wee bit of sigh of relief for a week and have a wee... Well, I'll look at the international break as a total break because I've got no interest in Scotland whatsoever. I know I know you do, but I, I just, I'll, I'll find a game somewhere else to watch on the Saturday uh, and just get a wee breather before we, we come into this final uh, run of fixtures and, you know, April's looking like it's going to be... It's going to be mega, but that's what you want, Eric. That's what you want. Absolutely. That's, we're in it to win it, mate. That's what it's all Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, right then, looking at the time, Eric, I think, I think we'll call it quits for tonight. So a big thanks to Alex Anderson for his contribution there. Brilliant stuff as always. Uh, we were live tonight. It was a Friday night, uh, but as per, the, the pod will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, all your usual places. A big thanks to Alex, I should point out as well, I meant to mention this earlier on, there's a film coming out about uh, Rangers winning the, the European Cup Winners' Cup in 1972, I think it's called Rangers 1972. The the trailer is currently on YouTube, so you should have a wee check out of that. And you'll see Eck, you'll see Eck sitting in a fancy Glasgow cafe talking about Rangers winning the Cup Winners' Cup in uh, 1972. Very briefly, aye. That's my. That's 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 the entire two seconds that I'm actually in the film. You know what I mean? So, so, well, it's so two seconds more than any of the rest of us got. So it's still worth watching. Don't be put off with the fact that I'm in it. Rangers seventy two. Get on it. it. It looks it looks a really good watch. So look out for that. I think it's coming out in DVD uh, next month. So I'll be look out for that, and you'll see Ek on that. So big thanks to Ek. Uh, we're we're back on Sunday. Uh, it's, I think it's myself hosting with uh, Joshua Barry and who else is on? Try to think. Try to think. Oh, I'm having a brain freeze here. Is it Joshua Barry? I can't mean. I'll have a look. I'll put the word out there on uh, on Twitter. Let you all know. But we're, we'll be live at half nine on the Sunday night. Obviously, talking about what's happened at Dens. In the meantime, uh, between then and now, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Until Sunday night.